I was traveling with her and in that experience was being exposed to a whole new way of seeing the world, which was realizing that all of life is is like a ceremony. It's not like a ceremony, it is a ceremony. It is a plant medicine experience, but it's actually life all the time is that. We're in one giant trip. And being able to start to read our environment. So like when we when we use the tarot, let's say to give a reading and to understand our unconscious and ourselves, we don't only have to use a tarot card. What you're doing is you're learning to read symbols and learning to to access your intuition through the card, but then there's a way of integrating that into your everyday experience. Going, I wake up this morning and how I wake up and what I first see is is actually important. What I what I notice in my environment, it's all speaking to me. Why did I notice that woman on the bus crying and not the woman laughing? There's like all this stuff. There's so much information in our everyday moment that we ignore because we just go through our lives like thinking, Oh, well, I have to wait till the special experience, wait till a special experience, wait till a special experience, rather than, wait, what if I actually realized that all of life is me speaking to me all the time? Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the WooCast. I'm Juliet. And I'm Mackie. And today we have an amazing guest, Max Friedstein is on the show and I met Max as a chance encounter in Sedona when we were there visiting. I was leaving an energy healing session at Gateway Cottage. Shout out to Gateway Cottage, an amazing place if you're looking for some body work and some energy work. And I just saw this amazing soul uh, who was working there and I had to know who he was. It was as if we had already known each other and I then found out that he felt the same way. I love when that stuff happens. So um, as we do, or as I do, I stalked him on Instagram to find out who this person was when we got home. And then uh, now he's on the show. So really excited for you guys to hear his amazing story from being a professional dancer in New York City to being stripped away of that ability, uh, having a major knee issue, and then ending up figuring out what the woo world had to offer in terms of his personal healing. And it just kind of spiraled from there. And he's been on this crazy journey traveling the world. And he now works with clients and really helps them to create their own reality, which is what so many of us are really trying to do. And he draws on methods of ancient spiritual wisdom and he has an extensive knowledge about modern behavior and development and traditional psychology and beyond. And right now he's developing this really embodied understanding of this holographic nature of consciousness so that we can all understand really the inner workings of ourselves and the universe. So this was way more than I even expected, guys, because like I said, I had a feeling about Max and wow, you got to trust your gut because I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation. It opened up a lot of things for me and I know for Mackie and without further ado, here it is. Here's our episode with Max. All right, Max Friedstein, welcome to the WooCast. Pleasure Thank to you. meet you. Yeah, Mackie's never met you, and I only met you one time. <laughs> I know. I literally can't believe it. It's it's pretty awesome. Thank you guys for reaching out. It was 
an honor. This is the cool thing about traveling and um, just like never knowing who you're going to come across and what their energy is going to do to you. And um, for those listening, I met Max um, as I was leaving a treatment that I got when we were in Sedona at um, the Gateway Cottage Healing Center, which are you still working there? Yeah, I'm okay, still there. Cool. Right yeah, now. I have questions about that. And I love that place is awesome. I had a couple of amazing energy sessions there um, with KT. Shout out to mm. KT because I wish she was here in, in Philly because I'd be like, can we <laughs> see each other all the time? I love you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She's amazing. On my way out, um, I don't know. You just have, there's an energy to you. And I was like, who is this mm. person? And we only chatted for like a few minutes and you had told me that you had just moved back, that you mm. had also lived in New York City at one point and kind of knew that energy being in, you know, that urban jungle. And now mm -hmm. you're, you know, you're in Sedona. And um, when I came back to Philly, I didn't even know your name. I knew nothing about you, but I had started following Gateway Cottage on their Instagram. And then you started doing Instagram stories for them talking mm -hmm. about all of the powers of the crystals that they have and what they mean. And then I started, then I stalked you on Instagram because that's just how the world works now where you can just be like, Oh, follow. And then I was like, yeah. can you please come on our podcast? Cause I really, I don't even know you that well, but I need your energy. <laughs> totally. Totally. It was, a, I was so excited when you reached out. It was like, I was like, what? This is so fun. And I remember, like, I, I don't even remember what we said to each other. Like, I don't remember any of our conversation. I just, like, you seemed so familiar. Like, when I mm. saw that you were commenting and, and I could tell there was um, some sort of soul connection. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely down. Yeah. And then prior to us hitting record, he and I were just talking about our long Jewish names. So I, there could be something in that lineage, you know what I mean? Like, Eastern yeah. European Jews have a connection. There is some soul connection there. If mm. I, I believe whenever I meet someone that's part of that tribe, there is some familiarity mm. of like, okay, our ancestors have been through a lot. And so yeah. who knows if it's that, but that also I, I find is there's a familiarity to that whenever I meet someone who uh, has Jewish descent. Mm. So I agree. I definitely agree. But um, we are so I'm so curious because remind me of how you ended up back in Sedona, I think. Right. No. So. No. Oh, oh OK. No, nothing. Let's go. <laughs> no, All that's right. OK. We'll just we'll start from the top. So I grew up in Chicago, like in the North Shore of Chicago, um, like the northern suburbs in like a Jewish town, just like literally a little upper middle class bubble, just didn't know anything else. And um, basically, I was a dancer. And so I grew up like in the performing arts, like just figure skating, dancing, ballet, contemporary, everything. And I moved to New York City to go to NYU when I was 18. Um, and I went there to train and dance and then to become a professional dancer. And so I was there for about four years. Um, and yeah, basically towards my final year of NYU, I developed these chronic knee injuries that no one could figure out what was wrong with me. So both my knees started failing and I went, I was not like super open to woo woo stuff at that point. I was, I was always someone that was aware of my thoughts. Like since I was a very young child, my mother was teaching me about, have you heard of Byron Katie? No. Have you ever heard of Byron Katie? 
she's a really famous spiritual teacher who has something called the work. Mm-hmm. And she just, it's more to do with self-inquiry and questioning one's belief systems, helping you become aware that you project and create your own reality. So I started doing that when I was about 12 years old. And at that point, I started to just learn how to meditate and observe my thoughts and question them. So then I realized that what I choose to believe is, is up to me. But there's a difference between being aware of that and then living the, like that truth and integrating that into your life. And so I kind of lived this whole double life where I had that inner, inner wisdom, but I was in extreme materialism all about perfectionism, obsessed with like what I looked like and being a professional dancer and that whole world. And so in New York, when I finally had these knee problems happen, I was like, uh, this isn't part of my plan. (laughs) I was like, this is not part of, this is not supposed to happen. Um, So at that point, I went a year of like reaching out to all these different like Western medicine doctors. And none of them could tell me what was wrong. And I kept trying different modalities, different modalities. Finally, my dad like said something to me, right? I think it was like a week after I graduated from NYU. And this, by this point, I couldn't even walk. Like I had Mm. now like literally couldn't let alone dance. And so at this point, literally like my dad was like, why don't you just go, why don't you just go see this shamanic healer in upstate New York and, you know, just go check out his his name is Guillaume at the time. And I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. Like, I'm just going to go check it out. Meanwhile, I totally thought this guy was going to like tickle me with some plant. Where and, like, in upstate New York was this? I'm, I'm from that area. So I'm always curious oh, where people go in upstate. Cool. Calicoon. Calicoon. It's in, um, it's a small, small town in, oh, I can't even literally remember. It's like, it's two and a half hours drive okay. outside of New York City. So I rented a car. I just drove three hours into did you bring anyone with you? Middle of the forest. No, I went by myself. Wow. Yeah. And I was dating, like I had been with my partner at the time for like two years. Um, and we both were dancers at NYU together. And yeah, basically I like left him for the day and I just went up to this, to this log cabin in the middle of the woods. And this guy um, changed my life. Like literally wow. that day changed my whole life. I... I had my first experience with uh, a plant medicine called rape. Have you guys heard of rape? I have heard, heard of it. Rape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So like literally I get there and I'm like, I, I really just think he's going to tickle me and then tell me that I'm magically better. And meanwhile, he starts doing, it's really funny because he starts doing some energy work on me. Okay. And I have never had energy work before. I had had cranial sacral done. Mm-hmm. Like, I had been growing up getting so much body work because of dance. Yeah. So I was comfortable with that. But energy work, never had that. So he's like working on my heart. And I am just like, I'm just like, I don't feel anything. I'm just like sitting there just like, this isn't real. What's happening? And he's like, oh, no, it's just because your heart is blocked. And I was like, I have a heart. Like, I didn't even know that there was like (laughs) such a thing. Like, I, I really didn't know anything about it. And I remember saying to him, I was like, wow, I can't even feel my heart. And he was like, well, that's the problem. You can't hear your own voice. Like you don't even know your own guidance. So that's when he brought out the rape and he was like, we're going to do some plant medicine work and release this heart blockage. Um, And that definitely changed my entire life. I had this out of body experience where I became this like 60 foot tall being that was like just, it felt like my soul just started to speak to me and it told me three things. It was like, 
you need to leave New York, you need to leave your boyfriend, and you need to leave Dan. And I was You're just like, like, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, can we just rewind for a second? I was like, I was happy with the knee injuries and doing this whole thing and not, I was like, wait, what? No, that's not true. I was, I was crying hysterically, like, because I realized like, oh my God, I have been putting this pressure on myself and I've created a life that's not even me. It's not even right. who I am. Um, but so slowly over the course of, I would say about a year, I made those changes. So like I left, first I left New York within a week. So you like, did. then I was like, yeah, I did. I, within a week, I was out of my apartment, out of everything. My friends started subletting my place and I went back to Chicago. Timing um, was good. You had already graduated. So it's like you did what you went to do. Exactly. Exactly. I, I had, it was like kind of synchronistically perfect. So I left and I went home and I started learning how to meditate. Like I had never even meditated. So I was like, you know what? I mean? Well, I did. I had meditated in like context of the work, but I started to learn like Buddhist meditation. Mm -hmm. And I went to, um, a have you heard of Vipassana? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you went a to a of, silent mm -hmm. retreat. Go ahead. Did you yeah. go to a silent but, retreat? Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's Vipassana is like a free 10 day silent meditation retreat where you don't, obviously you don't speak for 24 hours a day and you don't have a book. You don't have a journal. You don't have a phone. You're like alone with no yourself distractions. In your room. Yeah. Yeah. For someone that was like, at that point, I had never like ever done anything like that in my life. Um, it was so, it was so intense and it wow. was. Yeah, I, I forget, highly recommend it. Forget like zero yeah. to 100. You just went zero to 1000 with the 10 day. Now I'm really curious. I mean, I have questions for you yeah. about like, you know, like your life path, you know, yeah. like I'm thinking in terms of like, cause we've been learning a lot about like human design. I'm like, mm -hmm. mm, you know, now I've quite, I'm like, mm -hmm. wonder who this, you know, who, what your, what your soul contract is. Cause you're, yeah. you know, you just doing things even when it, you know, with dance, like just doing it all to the nines, you know, just like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting to yes. me because not everybody well, would actually, approach it like that. Definitely. You're so right. Some people baby step in um, and I am learning to do that now. So that's funny. Well, I think we'll come full circle because a lot of what I'm learning now is to not do zero to nine <laughs> is, to, <laughs> is to kind of from the found, like I skip foundations. That's been a pattern. Like I've noticed, like, I think a lot of child stars have this, like, they be, let's say people who become famous at a very young age or are successful at a very uh, successful at a very young age mm -hmm. I put that in quotation marks and it, it's like we learn we have to be perfect and do everything perfectly and to the extreme superficially even if that means internally we don't understand certain things or we're not fully like strip let's say from the ground up built we're just we just skipped like 10 floors and went straight to the top floor which is like that's who i am but now i'm learning whoa i actually need the foundation like i i need to go back and slow down so anyways we'll probably touch on that later but coming back to what we were just saying uh what was i just saying by the way <laughs> i can't even remember well you moved um, you did your you did the vipassana yes. silent retreat and it was challenging which i yes can imagine for anyone <laughs> i have yeah, never done even, one freaks me out a little bit <laughs> it is it's not 
I wouldn't say it's an easy thing. Oh, some people it is though. Some people who are hermits, like go, go for, yeah. good for them. Like then I would say their medicine is in going and living in New York City and, and right. talking like getting to them. Energy. And dancing. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like someone who is so comfortable being recluse like that, like it's like what's good for them is to be out and to be like with people and expressing themselves. But for me, as you can tell, I talk a lot. So like going to Vipassana was just like, uh no. Did the day, <laughs> did, the day yeah. did one day feel like a week? Oh, you don't even like, was it every are... and were all ten days like that, or did it no. progress and get easier as the time went on? Um that's hard to say. It was quite you lose track of time, you lose your sense of time, and you you become you go through waves. Like it's like one, one hour can feel like a hundred years, but then the 12 hours can feel like one second. Wow. And it's, it's very trippy because you're meditating from 4.30 AM until 9 PM at night and you'll have breaks in between and you're basically fasting. Like you'll have a, a breakfast and then a small, a small like snack, and then you'll have just tea for dinner. So you're really being stripped back. And mm -hmm. I think for us Westerners, it's really healing for us to experience that because just we don't realize how much we're distracting ourselves all the time from ourselves with everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it, That was probably, I think, the most. Um, yeah. With things, consumption, food, anything yes. just to get away from ourselves, which is interesting. Yes. Why do you want to get away from yourself? I know because there's a lot of trauma because <laughs> there's a lot of trauma. Like we have, like, it's not illogical. Like people, we yeah. want to run from ourselves because we don't want to feel what's there. We don't want to feel what we, it's like a defense mechanism that we learned to survive. But now mm -hmm. we're realizing as we go through this ascension and awakening process, it's like, whoa, actually I need to feel these things. I'm no longer in that same, let's say state of vulnerability. And now actually feeling this is going to empower me and heal me. And so anyways, long story short, I'm in Vipassana and I have this one meditation. I don't remember what, what time of the, like what throughout which part of it it was, but basically I just heard this voice, but come back. That was like, you need to go to India October 3rd. And I was just like, okay, it's, it's very, very specific. specific. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to go check this out. So my parents picked me up from this retreat and I'll, they keep asking me like, what happened? I'm like, I can't even talk about it. I don't even know what to say, but all I know is I have to go to India at this date. And this was in the summer of 2017. So I basically spend the rest of the summer traveling with this shaman who I had worked with in upstate New York and doing different plant medicines with him. So we did some psilocybin, like mushroom ceremonies and then uh, San Pedro ceremonies. And all of this was kind of, stripping me back stripping me back stripping me back helping me like expand you know my mind and see the world in a different way so then when i ended up going to india i went to this ayurvedic clinic you guys are you familiar with ayurveda yeah mm -hmm. yep yeah uh, there's an amazing ayurvedic clinic called ayusha in the south southern india in kerala and i went there actually with my mom like i brought her with had me. you been to india before no, I've never time. been to India. Mm -hmm. It was my first time. Yeah. And I did something called Panchakarma, which are you guys familiar with, no. with that? Nope. So in Ayurveda, it's a three week long detox, which they basically massage you with these sacred oils, these oils that are that 
the the lineage of these recipes to make these oils it goes back thousands and thousands of years in these specific families and they are it's considered like the fountain of youth what these oils do is they pull out all the heavy metals in your body all of the toxins that have been built up and emotional spiritual ancestral trauma that's just like stored in our bodies and they massage you like literally butt naked on this wooden table twice a day and it's life-changing like there really are no words i highly recommend to anyone who's listening and, and to you guys um at one point in your lives to do this it is yeah talk about being naked and being vulnerable and stripping back all of those layers it's wow. it's really profound yeah but when i was there that's where i met my current mentor and teacher who i've been working with the last three years who ended up kind of taking me under her wing and and teaching me and i met her at that clinic and so it was kind of just like this beginning of learning to listen to my intuition listen to my heart and show up and follow through with that you know in the beginning i'm sure you guys relate to this but the spiritual journey seems so flashy and so there's so much synchronicity and there's so much excitement and you're like this yeah. is going to be perfect forever and then you realize that's kind of your soul's way of like bringing you into it and you're like you're then once you're in it you're like holy shit there's actual it's actual work. Like yeah. work to be done. To be, and it's yeah. not comfortable all the time. It doesn't feel uh, good. Uh, they hook no. you in. I mean, they yes, hook you I in mean, and then you feel like, all right, this is cool. And then you're like, oh, here's and the- And then you uh, spend yesterday screaming, freaking out, and then feeling elated, and then screaming and freaking out some more, and then feeling elated. Yes. That was me yesterday, like all oh, day. Just like being mm -hmm. like such a weirdo all day. And I was like, I'm having such a <laughs> strange time right now. Um, yes. Um, you're, the teacher that you met there- was she mm -hmm. someone who worked there or was she just there? Mm -hmm. No. So she had been traveling the world for 11 years by that point. Um, and she was, she was just, she has been to that clinic. She would go once a year, like to do her detox, mm -hmm. to like clean and recenter. Not every, I wouldn't say every year, but pretty much once a year, mm -hmm. um, sometimes twice a year. And she just happened to be there at the same time. How did you, wow. and how I did you get to talking to her? Oh, that's a great. Uh, do you want to go into? I that? love hearing those, <laughs> those kinds of stories. To me, are some of the most fascinating pieces of it. You know mm -hmm, how you mm -hmm. just come to meet people. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, basically, the first day that I got there, um, my this woman that I knew took me to this this like little Indian shop, like this this jeweler that she knows who has these like antiques and all this stuff. And so I walk in there and I'm with my mom at the time and, and this jeweler, his name is Raja. And he just like, he looks at my mom and he's like, welcome. Like, what do you do? Like, who are you? And so my mom starts talking about herself and then he comes to me and he's like, who are you? What do you do? It's like what Indians always ask. And I was like, well, I have no idea. I was like, I was a professional dancer. Now I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I'm interested in shamanism and spirituality, but I have literally no clue what I'm doing. And he was like, what did you say your name was again? And I was like, Max. And then the phone rings out of nowhere, the phone rings. And it's Helen, my current teacher, and she's calling him this Indian jeweler. And I have no idea who this is. And he answers the phone. And he's like, Oh, my God, like, and they start like having this like secret conversation in the back room, like really excited. And I was just like, what's what is going on? Then he comes back out. And he's like, um, I really think you should meet Helen. So he puts her on the phone with me. This is a random Indian man putting this woman on the phone with me. In a store. And in a store in <laughs> Southern India. Yeah. It was just like, what? So 
I start talking to her and like, I say, hi. And then 15 seconds of just silence. She's just like silent. And I'm like, that for me, that is like the thing that gives me the most anxiety when someone just goes completely yeah. silent while you're talking. So I'm just like, uh, uh oh. And then she's like, <laughs> thank God she was on Max. the phone and not in person. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, then I got used to her being silent in person, like all the time. But <laughs> literally, she goes, um, "Hi, Max. Like, I'd love to to meet you when you're in town." She's like, "I'll be here next week. Like, let's get together." And she didn't give any hint as to what was going on. I just kind of felt like they kind of knew something that I didn't. So I was just going to go. And you were also told to it. go on October 3rd. You've been you've been receiving some yeah. of these messages. So you're like, all right, just go with the flow. Yeah, exactly. Just go with the flow. And yeah, when I met her was like she I did. We didn't even plan that. She walked into the clinic at the same time that I was leaving and I saw her and I just kind of recognized her. And then we just started immediately like like. I just started word vomiting to her my entire life story just like literally just starts talking at her and she's just sitting there in like this this like i don't know how to describe it like compassionate silence that was just like to the first person i ever met that's like present like that was i think what really shook me to my core was the being that was in her body a soul that was in the body and i was like oh my god what's going on so we just talked like that for hours and then over the course of those three weeks, she did, she also does tarot reading. So she did like a tarot reading for me. And it was the first time that I felt someone saw me, like saw what was happening to me. And I, and could it really like explain to me what was going on and that I just needed to keep following that voice because my parents were supportive, but no one really understood what was happening. And then like my friends were just thought I was running away from New York and ever, it was all just like, I like you all probably understand your life starts to fall apart and people are like, think you're sabotaging your life. And you're like, no, I'm just following like a new part of myself that I repressed for so long. So basically you would think, okay, how did that lead into becoming, you know, her becoming my mentor, but it slowly just progressed. I didn't understand why she kept this interest in me. Like we, even after I left India, she would support, like kind of message me and talk to me and like support me on this journey. And I was just like, I don't understand why this is happening, but I was open to it. And then she said she was starting this like two year course with a few people that she had met around the world. She was going to be leading them through a, a self-development course of just reconnecting to our intuition through the framework of the tarot, like using the major arcana and the archetype of the tarot. And I was just like, at that time, you know, I was 21. I was just like, sure sign me up for whatever like i'm, <laughs> I'm so in. down to do yeah exactly not knowing that it was going to be like the dark night of the soul for the last three years but that's fine so <laughs> literally like it was like oh yeah totally do this so fun so, tarot woo <laughs> yeah literally exactly so um ended up literally starting these courses with her and it just one thing led to another she also leads these tours around the world with now it's obviously on hold but Something, she had something called Quantum Leap Tours, which basically took people on, like groups of people between four and five um, on these journeys around the world, like these three week long journeys. And we would travel together and we it would be like this process of self-inquiry. It's so hard to describe what these experiences were like, because it's like, imagine someone, so you're traveling with her. So it's like this high frequency being who everything that you do 
comes up for question, everything that you say. So she, you, you say one thing and she's like, why did you say that? Why do you, why do you mean that? Why do you do it pizza. that way? Yeah, right. You think you just want pizza. Then behind the wanting pizza is like this infinite amount of unconscious belief shit that's just like causing a whole storm in your car. And you just have no idea that this is going on. And so that I did about, I think it was three tours with her um, where I was traveling in that space with her. And then I traveled one-on-one with her for a bit. And were your parents supporting you doing all of this? Yes. Were they yes. like we want you to be able to do this and this is our gift to you. They had no idea what they were getting themselves into because they, they were always so super supportive of me. Like just since I was a kid, just giving me the, the support that I needed to do what I wanted to do. But they had no idea that this was going to actually affect them because what we start doing when we start healing is healing our ancestral mm-hmm. lineage. So it starts to affect them. And like today, actually, as we're having this call, they're moving out of my house that they've lived in since they were since I was two years old. Like, wow. like wow. that house is sold today. And that wouldn't have happened if all of this work had been done. It's like kind of a culmination of just like this whole chapter closing. Yeah. Yes. Profound. Um, so, yeah, they were supportive, but then they started to get into it. And do you have siblings? Were, or are you, I do. You do. OK. I have one sister um, who is. Yeah, she's like my soulmate. She lives in Hawaii at the moment, but oh. she's moving back to Colorado. Nice. Yeah, she's also doing this this work. Um, my mom started working with my mentor, and my sister started working with her. So it became this like family. That's beautiful. Yeah, you know, superficially it sounds beautiful. It was really we're kind of crazy. Yeah, like it was absolutely some dark stuff and and family stuff that gets exposed. But it was yeah. in the long run, it's been the most beneficial for sure. Um, anyways, I'll finish this thought. I was traveling with her and in that experience was being exposed to a whole new way of seeing the world, which was realizing that all of life is, is like a ceremony. It's not like a ceremony. It is a ceremony. It is a plant medicine experience, but it's actually life all the time is that we're in one giant trip. And being able to start to read our environment. So like when we, when we use the tarot, let's say, to give a reading and to understand our unconscious and ourselves, we don't only have to use a tarot card. What you're doing is you're learning to read symbols and learning to, to access your intuition through the card. But then there's a way of integrating that into your everyday experience. Going, I wake up this morning. And how I wake up and what I first see is, is actually important. What I, what I notice in my environment, it's all speaking to me. Why did I notice that woman on the bus crying and not the woman laughing? There's like all this stuff. There's so much information in our everyday moment that we ignore because we just go through our lives like thinking, oh, well, I have to wait till the special experience, wait till a special experience, wait till a special experience, rather than, wait, what if I actually realize that? all of life is me speaking to me all the time. She was teaching me that through travel and through going into these new environments and going, nothing is an accident. That waiter spilling that cup at the moment that you said that thing, there's a reason for that. And I kind of suspended my, well, first of all, that spoke to some part of me that was like, that's true. I knew that was true for me. But even if I could just suspend my, you know, my beliefs for a moment and I went, okay, if everything happens for a reason, what happens if I live this way? What happens if I actually believe that everything happens for a reason? Holy crap. It's like talk about 
evolution, expansion, and expediting process, like you, you start to be able to learn and grow from your experiences and not just the quote unquote really big ones, but actually every single, every single scenario. Like there's no accident that we're having this call today. Like I said earlier, how I felt like I was going through a period of like, I don't know how I'm going to talk. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm dying at the moment. And having this call today is no accident that we set it up on this day at this time for me to practice speaking from a different place. But not only that, to also see the old patterns that come up and how I'm speaking and, and to non-judgmentally observe that and be willing to look at that. That was a lot of information. <laughs> Grateful for I'm that, sorry to any of our listeners no, no, that are overwhelmed. But that yeah. was great. What, what really strikes yeah. me is, so we've been in the fitness world for the last decade. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to go on Saturday. I'm going to work out for four hours and, you know, just like go all in. Then, you know, like they might fall off during the week. But mm-hmm. in reality, it's like instead of looking for those really big moments, it's waking up every day and doing your morning stretching or just taking your your vitamins and those habits, those really small habits that add up over time that really make the change versus mm-hmm. like going all out with your four hour workout on, on the weekend. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's this whole idea of human beings looking. For, I heard I was listening to something recently. I was talking and I can't even remember what it where I heard this. Maybe you can tell me, Maggie, that we're looking for the experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And living for the experience. But the experience is it's happening. It's mm-hmm. happening right this moment. Um, mm-hmm. But we live a lot of times, like you're saying, for that thing mm-hmm. in the future, some finality. Right. When I get mm-hmm. to be a professional dancer in New York, then mm-hmm. I will have completed some sort of quest journey. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yep. um, just in terms of what Mackie's saying and, you know, being in this fitness world, I feel like we can relate to you in a lot of ways that being bo- like working with the body and this level mm-hmm. of perfectionism was something that I have been, you know, dealing with because I was a dancer, too. And that's how I started, mm-hmm. like a figure skater, actually, <laughs> when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. And um, wow. so this like mastering my body thing was like my whole childhood into adulthood and was extremely unhealthy like this level of perfectionism that I still even now you know have to let go of and you know like I have to let go of that suffering that I Mm. have all the time and it's Mm -hmm. really hard and I'm you know I just left that industry in the way that I had been in it for the last 11 years I I, you know I owned a business like a fitness Mm. studio business and my whole world was that training people, mm-hmm. working out my own body, mastering, getting better, stronger, faster every day. You know what I mean? And living up to this expectation of this is my identity. This is the role that I play. This is how people see me. And this is what I this is what I am, you know, mm-hmm. um, really neglecting parts of myself that, you know, I haven't touched base with since I was a child. And so I can really relate to you with that. And even giving myself permission to create, you know, right now and turn, you know, I was thinking maybe I'd like to do some art, you know, Mm -hmm. those are things that you would never question when you were a child in terms of, you know, I would just do the art, you know, but as we adult, (laughs) we 
oftentimes it's like, well, what am I producing? Right. Like yeah. this thing should be bringing me towards something. Right. But there is no something. Mm -mm. And then, mm -hmm. and then it, where, where people go and why people, I always, I'm talking about myself, everyone, because I'm, we're all, we're no different than each other mm -hmm. is if I'm not producing or creating a thing and I'm mm -hmm. just living in the moment, well, then how am I going to actually like operate in this human, mm -hmm. in this body, in this 3d reality when I just mm -hmm. like sit around and make art and then I just won't <laughs> make money and I won't be able to pay my rent and I won't be, you know what I mean? All that. And it's like, yeah. but you know, one thing, my, um, the shaman that I've been working with for a few years now um, I just actually had her before you and I, which was really nice to like talk mm. to her before this. One thing that I, I'm like, I, I just love that she said this to me. It's not this or that mm -hmm. it's both. It's not this. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's both. It's everything. So, mm. and you know, you could think of that. It's not black. It's not white. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's, you can have it all. You don't have to create and then you don't have success you don't have to be successful and then you don't have creativity it doesn't work like yeah. that so absolutely i can really relate to to that journey in a lot of ways and what that all stirs up and brings up this like um this death because i'm going through a death right now of an identity that i've had for a really long time and you know i'm 32 now and i've been in that fitness industry since i'm 18 and so it's just like uh, waking up and just almost like getting to know myself again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but that's the journey. The journey is who am I? Like I need to, I, wanting to find out who you are. And it's just to keep letting go of, of all that's, that was you at one point. And it wasn't wrong. We don't have to invalidate our paths and think that what we did was, was bad and out of alignment with who we are. It's like that was ex the exact experience our soul chose to come in and experience. But now with this awareness that we're cultivating, we're going, oh, okay, but it's not me anymore. I need to be more in touch with who I am in this moment and not attach. This is the process that we're going through now is not attaching to the next thing that comes forward. It's being in that state of presence and allowing it to be fluid. And I think that relates back to everything you kind of just said, which was at this point on the pivotal human journey we're all the divine feminine is really what's waking up on the planet right now and that's asking us like for all of us coming from these really masculine driven backgrounds like it's i mean pretty much every human on this planet has come from that masculine patriarchal paradigm that's crumbling and dying at the moment and so what you're talking about is your relationship to your body has been one of dominating the body controlling the body, mm -hmm. literally being per like having it be this superficially perfect machine rather than being in touch with the body and trusting the, the wisdom of the body to be what it needs to be, to do what it needs to do. And that has been a major shift for me. Like I, I had to go through a period of time of not working out after I stopped dancing where I, where I kind of went through, let's say a fast of exercise because well, actually, this was just recent because recently I just broke my back in August. Oh, <laughs> so wow. that was a crazy experience. Yeah, that was my Sedona initiation. Oh. People who come to Sedona and move here. It was like, here's through. the shit you really have to deal with. Oh, my God. That's yeah. so wild. But th it was like, be still. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I, I was par I was literally immobile for wow. three weeks, like in bed for three weeks. And for someone who that movement was so important, I had to be moving all the time. It was 
really illuminating and enlightening. But what I was going to say was, is that it, the, for me, the journey has been allowing my body to do what it wants to do. Like really just being in touch. Like now I, with my movement, it's so intuitive. There is no routine. There is no like masculine structure to this, um, to life really. It's more like, what do I want to do in this moment? Now I can say one thing is that for some people, that's not actually, I wouldn't recommend that for some people. Let's say if you're super resistant to routine and structure, that can be your medicine. Like the routine and structure can be really helpful. But if you notice like you're someone like yourself who's coming from that, that extremely strict um, masculine relationship to the body, it would be super healing to start just waking up in the morning what does my body feel like doing today? Like, what do I actually feel like doing? Not what does my mind think I should do like with my body so that I can keep my butt looking the way it looks so I can keep my arms looking the way they want to look. Because trust me, part of my, my spiritual journey literally was losing my butt. Like I actually had to <laughs> let go of my, my glute muscles because I had put so much of my self-worth in this part of my body, which I was just insane. I can relate 100% to what you're <laughs> saying because I was just yes. talking to my shaman about this in that yeah. if I am Juliet without these arms, which everyone has commented on for the last decade of my life, mm. I want your arms. Mm. I'm obsessed with your arms, right? Or your abs Ooh. or whatever those body parts are that I have because of the intense working out that I've done for so long. And like, you know, let's not forget about all the nutrition that I ha that I did as well and different mm -hmm. ways of eating and you know, eating disorders when I was young too. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't, there's a, a lot of like, there's a price to, to all of pay. that to pay with all of that stuff. And it was, I wasn't like, I never like loved my body, even when I had the lowest body I fat I ever had. It was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm here now. But like the, in my insides weren't feeling supported my or soul fulfilled. or fulfilled. Like I wasn't fulfilled. Right. It was all that masculine, yeah. like external force and push and work and uh, i was i was like so who is juliet you know this was the question is yes. my shaman who's juliet without muscles who's juliet <laughs> with with a soft body what's yes. it going to be like if you had you know if you didn't have a, a flat stomach what would it be like if you had you know no your arms didn't have this tone anymore yes yeah that's a Huge. it's a really hard question for human beings who hold on to that giving them this sense of safety and, and that people will love me. People will want me. I will be worthy. You know what I mean? I feel mm -hmm. like everything's okay. If I can hold on to some aspect of myself, that is really, you don't have any control of holding on to any aspect of yourself, the body, mm -hmm. especially it's just an, ex it, 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 I mean, we're all going to get old. Your ass yep. was going to sag at one point exactly exactly it's impermanent we're attaching to something impermanent and we're using that for a basis of self for a sense of self and us seeking like this for this constant outer validation for our sense of self is the root of our suffering it's the root of everything but our society has rewarded people who build their sense of self on a certain let, let's say like a, a certain thing so having a perfect body being rich doing whatever we have literally labeled and put into a box like what we think of as as worthy of our admiration and the winner and that has caused us like it's costed a lot we don't realize that we've sacrificed 
who we really are, which are these infinite, ever-shifting, ever-changing beings that do not confine themselves to <laughs> or attach to this physical, let's say, state. And so we need to constantly be checking in with ourselves. like, like, And that's why doing and going into what you resist is normally, like, that's something I learned the last three years, is normally the best thing we can do for ourselves. It's not going, it's not torturing ourselves, but it's realizing like, okay, I have such a resistance to not doing push-ups today. What happens if I don't do push-ups today? Because you're just starting to screw with the matrix. You're starting to screw mm -hmm. with the programming of your reality that you've thought this to be you. So what happens if you can be more playful and curious with this, even if it gets dark? Like, let's say you don't do the push-ups and then you realize the reason you don't do the push-ups, the reason that you always do push-ups is to avoid this immense amount of anxiety that you feel when you don't do the push-up so then you're stuck with that anxiety but then at least it can move because the only thing that will heal that is awareness and loving awareness of that experience yeah and i think you said it perfectly bark. the uh well there's probably going to be like sirens up in here so don't worry about a dog barking <laughs> okay. in sedona cool. we're in philly yeah. there's gonna be like 15 yeah. ambulances i'm sure in this podcast um oh my God. but you said it perfectly the loving part is really huge because you can say all right i'm coming up against this feeling of like needing to do push-ups so i'm going to not do the push-ups and just see what comes up for me and then let's say all of this anxiety comes up then the, the next step is to notice when the anxiety comes up do you how do you talk to yourself what's the yeah. language you're using how are you approaching yourself are you like oh my god you piece of shit like i can't believe yeah. you're feeling this way like this is so fucked you know or yeah. are you like holding yourself mm -hmm. you know like actually mm -hmm. like holding yourself and that is not a state that people have given themselves permission to be in mm -hmm. and we haven't known because you don't it's an it's the unknown we mm -hmm. were never taught these are not things that were taught <laughs> totally but they are totally. innate they are in in us um when you start to peel back the layers you know we they all, are us they are us yeah like we really like ramdas always says this, but like we are loving awareness like that's who we are at our core is just loving awareness and so we don't have to try and make that happen we don't have to try to force that it's actually through the softening through the surrendering through the melting which is funny you said who is juliet with the soft body it's so beyond the body it's who are we with soft minds with soft consciousness who are we if we can be malleable and fluid and adaptable and and kinder and compassionate with with ourselves and other people like suddenly we're not so rigid and we don't think we know everything and we don't think we know who we are that's like literally our medicine is is actually in the softening so and it's getting know, a softer body and oh, i don't yeah, know how ahead. it is for you um because you and i are both you know young and and new to this like journey of mm -hmm. working with people on their spirituality and, and, you know, learning about higher levels of consciousness and really just like doing the work on ourselves, you know, which is mm -hmm. going to be forever until we yeah. die in this physical form, you know, but yes. um, I've been coming up a lot against just even the comparison that happens when you when you're looking at other people that are doing this spiritual work and are mm. and are monetizing it mm. and especially you know being on social media 
This mm-hmm. has been something that is new to me because my entire, it's just, it's funny because it's almost like haha jokes on you, Juliet, because mm-hmm. my whole social mm-hmm. media prior to this was people in my w- field of work with fitness, right? And yours is probably dance and seeing people. Well, was, but yeah. yeah. And yeah. so now I'm starting to follow different people and, you know, coaches and, you know, and light workers and psychics and all of this, the whole, like opening up the whole Pandora's box of that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, the same, 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 but different, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms mm-hmm. of seeing how people are marketing themselves, talking to people. And I'm just like struggling against with this whole like inauthenticity that I'm yes. seeing. And um, which then has been making me want to like crawl into a hole and not like help people, which I was talking to my shaman about before we got on this call. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I, um, and that's where we came. It's not all or nothing. You can still help people. You don't have to market yourself like that. You don't have to exactly sell yourself, you know, the way that you're seeing people selling themselves. Exactly. It's all from the old paradigm. What you're seeing is like just because they call themselves light workers or spiritual workers or coaches or whatever doesn't mean that they're not operating in the old system. But there's we don't have to judge the old system yeah. because the old system is crumbling. We're watching it. And the reason you feel cringy about it, like from my, the way I've been learning to see the world and live is that everyone is a mirror of me. So yeah. everything I'm yeah. seeing in my reality, I'm seeing it for a reason. It's a reflection of myself. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing these, the, this, this, let's say these inauthentic people for a reason, because it's your shadow and you're starting to realize that this is what you're most afraid of happening. Like you're most afraid of being, let's say, inauthentic and making a career off of that. And so it's good. It's good that you have that awareness to go, okay, I'm seeing this so that I don't do that. But the only way that I will not do that is if I understand fully what this is about. Mm -hmm. I have to understand the workings of, let's say, inauthenticity. I have to understand how that operates so I can be aware of that when when it starts to unfold for myself, like when that starts to happen for me. Yeah, the mirror work when you because I'm, you know, I do believe that when you look at someone and you have a feeling about them, whether it be a client you're working with, a friend, someone you just see on social media and you have mm-hmm. a feeling, mm-hmm. that is a feeling that you typically are feeling about your it's something to do with you. Mm-hmm. Which then you're then it's like, okay, what about this person, what they said, what their energy that they're and like has is yeah. relating to how you're feeling. Yes. I, I, what I say is write down your thoughts about that person. So like literally write down, I think Brittany is a bitch. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. And then cross out Brittany, cross out the name Brittany and say, I think I am a bitch. Put your name right in there because that's what you actually are thinking. And it's, it's never, it's, and I know this sounds so like strong, but I'm being strong about it. It's like, it's never kind of like, it's not like, oh, I kind of think I'm a bitch, but I think Britney's a bitch. It's like to the same extent that you think Britney's a bitch, you think you're a bitch. The perfect and mirror. Yes, yeah. it's always that because it's us. And so when we release the judgment, then we're more willing to see what the mirrors are teaching us. Then we're more able to go, okay, I'm willing to see where I think I'm being a bad person. I'm willing to see where I think this is where I've projected this completely outside of myself. And now I'm willing to take ownership and responsibility that that's actually a part of myself. I haven't wanted to acknowledge or deal with. So, so um, we're going to fast track because I want to be able to have the listeners really know like where you're at now. So, Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so you did a bunch of these um, oh, yeah. ex- around-the-world excursions, right, with Helen. And then yeah. how did that, and that you were still living in Chicago at the time? No, so, okay. so actually during those three years, I was traveling nonstop. Okay. So I was traveling nonstop, but then I would meet up with her in different countries around the world. So it was just like, I, but I didn't live in the States for three years, no. Amazing. You get yeah. to do a lot of experiencing other cultures, other people, other... Yeah, I got to do a lot of seeing myself in the mirror in way different ways <laughs> and realizing like that I take myself everywhere I go. That's why what I'm saying to you, I'm not saying it from a place of, oh, I read this in a book and this is what I know. It's like, I know that I take myself everywhere I go and that no matter where I try to run to, whatever country was next that I go, oh, I can get away from this part of myself back right there. <laughs> you're living. And it's normally just your early childhood family dynamics on repeat 24 seven, like everywhere you go. So people think the spiritual journey is a lot to do with, let's say, crystals and all this stuff. And that's that's a part of it. But a lot of it is is this inner child work that you just you just don't need to think of as inferior to this, the, the higher chakras or the these extraterrestrial experiences. They're not inferior. They're really connected. And we can't have a clear, let's say, experience of that higher realm if that lower realm is not cleared up. If that mm-hmm. those lower chakras are not unblocked and and being worked on, then whatever we experience up there is going to be distorted, like right. quite distorted. Yeah. Um. Why do you think that it all comes back to inner child and that's just the thing on repeat? What you know? Mm. What? Why were we in? You know, as souls incarnated to mm-hmm. continuously have to deal with that. It's interesting. This is uh, episode 11 of the WooCast, and I think inner child work has come up in every single episode. Mm. Wow, it's 11 on January 11th. Yeah. yeah. So, Good yeah. call. One, one, yeah. one, 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 one. <laughs> and 11, 11 is like my, uh, my number. I love it. Um, okay, so let me answer that. So it's to realize that the, like we chose, well, from my perspective, as a soul, we choose the families that we incarnate into because they have certain karma that resonates with this soul karma that we're working through, that resonates with the certain lessons that we need to come in and experience in this lifetime. And so when we neglect, let's say, the early lifetime experiences, the early childhood experience, when we don't want to go there and unpack that, we're missing not just the trauma in our life, but we're missing the keys to our purpose, to our literal journey, which are hidden in the unconscious and repressed memories of that, of that, let's say, early lifetime experience. I don't know if I'm answering your question specifically. Yeah, that that makes sense. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And that 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 is your unique perspective. But I resonate with Mm -hmm. that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's it's definitely not the only thing that we've come in here to explore. It's just that there is so much there that we skip over, actually. Like we, a lot of people, when they first are going through the spiritual awakening, it's like, how can I have, I really, I'll speak for myself, that's something I went through. I thought I could skip over that stuff. I actually remember vividly having the, experience, the thought like, well, I'm so young, like I must be going through this and I must have everything already figured out and everything's already okay. So I'll just go do these plant ceremonies and wake up my psychic abilities and it will all be fine. And that's not how it worked. It was like, it was the complete opposite. Like I realized, oh my God, I have so much stuff I haven't looked at, haven't seen. And that all started to come to the surface to be dealt with. But when we release the judgment of needing to be perfect, of needing to sell ourselves, of needing to maintain this facade of some 
persona and we can just be honest with ourselves and authentic, then we're willing to see that stuff. And that's when we can actually find like what I always say is like the, the, the jewels, um, the hidden gems of our experience. So Sedona. Oh, yeah, you can't ignore that. <laughs> we're here. Um, basically, COVID brought me back to the States. I had no plan to come back to the United States. Like I was Where in Sri Lanka. Where were you? Oh, Sri Lanka. Okay. Yeah. I was in Sri Lanka and I had just finished a tour, like another tour. Um, and basically lockdown started to happen in Sri Lanka. And so I had to be evacuated out of the Sri Lanka within 24 hours. It was like March 22nd. I tried to stay as long as I possibly could. And then it was like, the army's here. So I had to bounce and my parents flew me home to Chicago. And I spent four months in lockdown with, with them and my sister. And this was a really profound experience. And I'm sure many people listening and just all of us can relate to that lockdown experience and how much it really allowed us to go and deal with parts of ourselves that we were probably running from and haven't seen. And there was so much good that came out of it. And so when I was there, I started to have like these dreams about Sedona. I had never been to Sedona or, or seen Red Rocks or anything like that, but I, I started to have these dreams of flying through these Red Rocks. And then I started to have these experiences just throughout the day where I kind of just would get this full body like urge that was like, just go, just go to Sedona and just show up. So I did, I just showed up like one day in July and I thought I would just be there for a week and that I would just travel the coast. Um, but I ended up getting there and just my higher self was like, you have to stay here. You have to stay and see what happens. And so I got a job at that wellness center that you're talking about, Gateway Cottage Wellness Center. And I really just wanted to do stuff and be behind the scenes. I wanted to just be grounded and rooted and like be able to enjoy outside and the land here. And I had no idea why I was really coming here. Okay. Like I had no clue until about two months into being here after the, the, accident where i fell from a cliff and broke my spine <laughs> that was one thing was that hiking yeah. that that happened uh it was cliff jumping it was oh. cliff jumping into a creek yeah like i jumped off a 30 foot cliff and landed weird in the water and yeah it was it was pretty intense um but basically i found out like part of why i'm here is sedona right now and everyone that's coming to sedona is coming here to receive certain activations at the moment like there are immense amount of et activity taking place in this environment and like really higher vibrations of consciousness are coming in through this portal and there's some sort of the people here right now the people that are coming and visiting at this time are funny you said this podcast was about being a bridge it's like that's actually what this what's taking place at least the information that i've been downloading is like we are the bridges to this new era and we need to be in a way, like emptying ourselves to be able to receive this new frequency, these new frequencies that are coming in that have literally do not look like anything we've ever experienced. They don't feel like anything we've ever experienced. They are, you know, Aquarian in nature. And so that's honestly why I'm, I'm here at the moment is to be just receiving those activations and, that, and to be that bridge at the moment. But, you know, I'm not planning on being here for forever. It's just a it's a kind of phase that I'm in at the moment. And you got, you were able to get a place to live because I heard that's one of the hardest things ever in Sedona. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was what 
that's funny you say that because that story was part of the breaking my back story. Like literally mm -hmm. the guy I jumped off the cliff with, I had met two hours before. And when he rescued me and took me out of the water, he took me into his house after I went to the ER and the, I had to be evacuated by like eight firemen out of the canyon. And it was crazy. He, he took me into his house and gave me a room in his house. So I've been living with him since that. Wow. <laughs> so talk about Sedona. <laughs> Um, your life yeah. is your life is you know is it when you say it out loud does it make you become more and more present to all the synchronicities and how everything has like come to fruition for you because it is you know hearing it from our perspective it's like you're just being led you are mm -hmm. just you know like something is just like leading you to where you need mm -hmm. to be and go in this lifetime and it's pretty awesome I think it's it's funny when I talk about it I feel like I see that it's it's necessary to speak about it so people know that that's possible like mm. so that people know that that this way of and not to make it this special experience and superior experience that's like you will never have this this like it's because like, this that's is the whole glitzy thing right that people look to with yes. the whole magic and manifestation and you know like if yes. I put this on a vision board then I'm going to li be living the life of my dreams driving <sighs> exactly. my favorite car having the home that I oh want God. and all that. And then like all these synchronicities will occur so that those things can happen. Not to like disenfranchise anybody from, you know, those possibilities and dreams coming true, but um, it is um, it's more about a state of being than mm -hmm. getting to a, to a thing. Mm -hmm. And about aligning your, your, your lower, let's say ego's will with your higher self's will. And they're very different they are not always there. Most of the time, your intuition is going to be pretty much the opposite of what your ego wants. So you think you want this fancy car. And when you really start to explore why you want this fancy car, when you get into the unconscious belief systems that are making you want that, you realize this is all because maybe it's because I don't have a sense of self outside of wanting this fancy car. I think that rich people are blessed by God and poor people aren't. So having a fancy car will mean that I'm blessed by God and that I'm, I'm special and superior, which will cover up my real feelings of inferiority and self-hatred so once you start to see that then you realize wait actually what am I, I don't actually want the fancy car what and what do i want then the process of surrender happens and then it's in the surrendering to our higher will that that's what you mean by being led because i would never okay three years ago would never have said this is where i would be right now doing this having this podcast with you like talking about this stuff if you had told me this was happening i would have been like lol no that's, I'm, I'm good. That's not what I'm thinking of. So it's normally the complete opposite. And it's just being a vessel for spirit to take you where you want to, where you need to be. And I'll just say one last thing, where we need to be a lot of the times is to see more of what we don't know about ourselves. And that I think is beautiful. Like it's, it's helping us go into the unknown, helping us go into our unconscious. That's how we become more conscious. So it's not, about having the fancy car, having the life that, that looks perfect on the outside. It's about just being where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Amen. It's beautifully Amen. said. Um, what kind of work are you doing now and where can people mm. find you? Mm. So I'm going through a similar thing that you're going through. Um, I've kind of, I've, I used to have a bit of followers in social media and then I deleted my social media accounts and I kind of just removed myself from that world for a while. Um, and now I've kind of come back in. So I have like a little Instagram that's just like, sometimes I share different stories like that are on my, like 
different quotes that I think are interesting. But you can really find me on my website, which I just changed the other day to maxfreedstein.com. It's really simple. Um, I'm not, I'm doing, I'm working right now with two clients long-term, which means I work with people like minimum of six months to a year um, because I'm basically licensed by my, my mentor to offer these certain courses and take people through these, um, you could say, dark night of the soul journeys through themselves, self-inquiry. And I work with people both energetically, so doing energy work and con consultations bi-weekly. Um, but at the moment, like, I feel really full with two clients. I find that like actually just having two people that I'm invested in fully and present with is just like, it's a lot. It's not for the, and having a normal job, like I work at Gateway and doing energy work at Gateway. It, there's a lot going on. So people who are like, if you're interested in, you know, this work, you can go check out my website and see there's other also practitioners who offer like this, this work and the type of um, perspectives that I work with. And you can visit and see that it's called the white rabbit reveals.com. The white rabbit reveals.com. And that's a, an easy place to start reading and, and uh, finding out more about, let's say what I've been up to the last three years. I love it. And you also yeah. have a podcast. I do, but that's all being changed now this week. It's, it's such an intense week, guys. It really, it really is. Everything that I thought I was going to be doing is kind of going out the window. But yes, as of right now, that YouTube channel is up, but it's about to be deactivated in a, in a week. Um, we're going to be going through a rebirthing and rebranding process. Cool. I'm going through a whole birth. I don't even, I'm pregnant right now. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> She's in her gestation period. Yeah. I've been calling it an incubate. I've been calling it an incubation period. But I mean, um, it's, you know, this kind of like deep work that you're doing with your two clients that you're doing with yourself that I'm doing that Mackie's doing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not enjoyable all the time. Mm -hmm. Quite the opposite. And, um, and it depends on what part of the journey you're on, you know, and I'm in that part where I'm really, really looking at myself in the mirror, like hardcore right now. And so it's, um, it's like, I don't recognize myself some days, you know, and I remember actually KT who you work with, she, mm -hmm. when she was working on me, she's like, you're not going to recognize yourself shortly. Like at mm -hmm. all, you are not going to like the, who you were you will you won't you'll be like who was that yeah in almost like a memory which is interesting and it just it seemed like i'm in the death process right now and it's i can i understand why she said that to me at the mm -hmm. time i'm like oh because like i'm not gonna work for that my you know my at my company anymore and i'm gonna like move into a different space but like it's beyond that it's like letting go mm -hmm. of it it's like a whole paradigm shift and that 100%. was october i mean that that was just the beginning and that was Sedona. And we that. were, we were like, we need to go to Sedona. Yeah. And I quit my, I, I quit the business. And then that Friday I went to Sedona. And it was just like, I just want to, I need to be in this energy. Mm -hmm. And we were there for a week and yeah, a lot, it was like a lot of downloads when I was there. Mm -hmm. Not even enough that I could really process in the week that we were there, but have been processing them since October. Mm -hmm. So, oh no, 100%. <laughs> People come here and they take with them, like, whatever happens here, it only starts to really unfold when you get home. 
then you start to see what it is that you actually just experienced. And so I'm fascinated to see wherever I go next after being here for this long, I'm like, what is going <laughs> to unfold after I leave here? Yeah. yeah it, it's, a, it's fantastic. Big. Well, but I think, I'm oh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your lessons. Just, I think what you're, what we talked about on today's call and our podcast and what you were just mentioning is really important for people to hear because a lot of the times we think, again, this, this is all about being perfect and who is having the special experience with God and who's meeting their higher self and who's being led around the world. And it's like, actually, it's okay that shit is messy and it's okay that stuff goes quote unquote wrong and that we feel confused and lost. And it's, 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 I think beautiful that we could share that today and just let people know, like, it's okay, wherever you are and in your imperfection, you're loved and perfect. Take that in everyone. <laughs> I will be taking yeah. that in for the rest of the day. Well, thank you. This was incredible. Um, we will link in the show notes, your website mm -hmm. and where everyone can keep in touch with you. We will definitely keep in touch. And um, this is awesome. We'd love to have you back too. I feel like we could uh, talk to you forever. Oh yeah. We I could feel like that too. We yeah, have so much to talk no, about. We could talk about more. I mean, people, I need to hear this. We all need to hear this, but these conversations are so important right now. Mm. So Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of the day. You have more sunlight than we do. Jealous. Yeah, it's really <laughs> funny out right now. <laughs> it's just gray yeah. and dark here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm it's okay. Sorry. Soon we're gonna, you know, we're going to California. Julia's been soon. dreaming about the redwoods, so it's <gasps> that's that's the place Whoa. to go. That's where I'm gonna go. I, Amazing. The, I I'm being led to the redwoods. The trees mm. are are there are supposed to teach me something. I don't know what, mm. but when I like meditate, they are just there in my like third eye, and it's like these grandfather trees. They just have something they mm. want to share with me. And uh, there. the person we had, um, um, Mia Magic, who is like a modern day witch on our show. Mm -hmm. Amazing show with her. And she is from the Redwoods, grew up there. And I was like, OK, this is just like and she was telling me about the things that they she's received from them and the downloads she's had from these trees. And I'm like, nothing is an accident. It really isn't. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah, you got to listen. Tune in, baby. Tune in. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. Bye, Max. Thank you so, so much, nice Max. To meet you guys. Bye. Have bye. a good day. Thank you.